We have to listen, not only to what comes out of our mouth, but also what's going on between our ears. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Hey, I'm Ginger. I'm a psychologist and practicing attorney. I went from living a life of oppression and abuse to owning my truth and gaining my freedom. My goal with each episode is to educate and empower you, the listener, so that together we can all snap out of it. Hi, welcome back. We're so glad that you are joining us again. And I'm happy that Ramiro is back with us today. Hey, guys. And today we're talking about curses, not in the profanity sense, but how to not speak a curse on one's own life. So let's really quickly recap last week's episode. Okay. Uh, We talked about identifying the community in your life. So identifying the committee in your Mm -hmm. head, Mm -hmm. the community around you, Mm -hmm. and then the chosen community. Right. So you can overcome obstacles. Yes. We briefly talked about how either your community and or yourself can curse you into wrong beliefs. Sure. Okay. So this happened just recently. A friend of mine was being very humble and she said, oh, I could never such and such, so and so, whatever it was. I said, Shalom. what does that mean? God forbid. Don't say that about yourself. So let me explain what I mean about cursing. Okay. In 2004, I had a student. He was a fabulous student and he taught me that I was putting curses on the lives of my children. And I said, oh, how? He said, well, you just said, don't run out into the street or you're going to get hit by a car. I said, no, I'm just warning my kid. Don't run out in the street. If you run out in the street, you're going to get hit by a car. But what that does is it speaks, it manifests into that person's life, right? So I thought he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's overly concerned with words that come from his mouth. It doesn't really mean anything. And that very night, we went to the Terrace Theater in Long Beach. We were at a Winnie the Pooh um, production on stage, and my little girl, was playing on the seat next to me. And this is one of those seats where it's like a movie theater seat that goes up and down, you know, and she's like three or four years old. And she was sitting on the seat and then like letting the seat fall and falling down, right? Feeling that feeling, boom. And I said to her, she did it a couple times. And I said, I mean, this is the same day that my student had told me, don't speak a curse. I said, stop doing that on the chair or you're going to fall and break your teeth. Guess what happened? Like literally, the very next time she landed, it happened immediately and she bumped her mouth and chipped her tooth. Now, I could say, yes, that's a coincidence or it's a super powerful life lesson that I had just been given some information earlier that day. Don't speak a curse into your children's lives. And then boom, I did it. And I got the powerful word picture life lesson. So I immediately changed my language. So it's critical that we are aware of what we say when we speak it out, because we can either create our future and our reality, or we can destroy our future and our reality with our negative self-talk. And then if we speak it, it makes it amplified. So which way are we going to amplify our words? So I literally don't say negative, speak curses, right? Um, I don't speak negativity, or I try not to speak negativity into my future in any way. What are some curses that we choose to believe? Well, let's brainstorm them. Uh, I can't do it, which I mean, okay, but guess what? Sometimes these 
comments might be true. Like I can't jump a high jump 10 stories high. That's not something I can do. When we set a limitation on ourselves that may not be a true limitation, it may be due to self-doubt or negativity, then we are limiting ourselves. We're essentially cursing ourselves. And let's try to use our language to speak life into our future. And so that we are aware of what we say in order to not um, speak a curse, for example. I run a law firm. And um, obviously, with a firm, there are a lot of challenges uh, where my profession in family law is to litigate. So I'm fighting all the time, right? And um, one of the things that happens when you are fighting or litigating with another party uh, is that you take a licking and it's fun. I really love it. But there are times that you just get punched. And that's different from being punched in my personal life, obviously. But um, being able to take it and come right back is another skill set that is helpful when you are trying to attract a win, for example, I want to I want to win this for my client. I'm going to say that I'm going to win. We're going to believe in it. We're going to think positively. But then if something negative happens, <clears throat> why does it happen? Sometimes we ask those questions too. So I can't take credit for this quote, but I heard one time someone said, life or whatever event in life didn't happen to you so that you're a victim. It happened for you so that you have an opportunity. So fill in the blank. Such and such didn't happen to me. It happened for me. So I can now overcome this challenge or this obstacle, whatever it is. I'm curious what, if you have any examples of good practice, because changing the way you reframing the way you Mm -hmm. think or react in a situation is a hard, it's a hard habit to make when you've been stuck in programming for so long. Do you know, like, do you have any good practices for you know, changing the way that you react in situations to think more like, okay, what, what am I learning from this rather than immediately be reactive and emotional? Yes. So there are good practices that we can employ if we make it into a a determined practice where we're examining our thoughts or what we say and listening. Mm. We're really listening. It happened today. I said something out loud and I said, wait a minute, I don't mean to say it that way. I spoke doom and gloom. Oh, this is going to happen in the future. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was listening to my own voice. And I said, wow, no, I don't mean it that way. In Mm. the past, it's been that way. Okay, right. Because guess what? We don't have any way of changing what happened in the past, but we can certainly change the future like you were talking about. We Mm -hmm. can take control and have a choice. So really it's about like starting to really pay attention to the words you're speaking. Really listening. Yes. And just pick up on those. Oh, wait. Okay. I hear it. Let me, let me say that again. Well, and you know, (laughs) I was on the phone with someone um, about a year ago and there was a pause in the conversation. This was an expert in family law, right? As someone I was trying to impress. Okay. There was a pause in the conversation and the person said, hello. And I said, oh, I was just listening to my voice. I was literally listening to what he had said and then what I was going to say back. I wasn't worried about, oh, she's listening to voices. I was listening to the committee to determine whether or not it was true before I could make my next comment. And that sent me into a, that catapulted me into a new realm with this particular expert of um, 
mutual adoration. Mm. I mean, we really got along well, but I found myself taking a pause during the conversation going, what am I thinking? What am I, what, what am I saying to myself? Oh, okay. And then boom, having the next comment. So we have to listen, not only to what comes out of our mouth, but also what's going on between our ears. Yeah. Slow to speak. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Quick to listen, slow to speak. So some examples of like spoken curses yeah, like or common comments. Curses. Yeah. Um, I can't do it. I'll never learn. I'm such an idiot. I'm the worst. And sometimes people say this in a humble way or giving deferent. I'll never be as smart as you. You're so much better than I am. But those aren't true. They're self-deprecating, putting ourselves into an oppressive type of box or labeling. We can speak highly of others without putting ourselves down. It is funny that those have become normal phrases. They are. In our day, even being like, oh, I hate myself. Like, it's just so common to hear that. And it's like, wow, that's actually so negative. It is so negative, right. In our society nowadays and for many years, um, it is frowned upon to boast yourself. That's true. But... I could flip the comment of mm-hmm. saying instead of me saying, "Oh, I'm I uh, ugh, I'm not a smart I'm not smart," mm-hmm. you know, if I'm if I'm having a conversation with you, mm-hmm. I can always say, "Wow, you're really smart." I'm learning about this, this, and that. Exactly. I didn't say that it, I was not smart. Right. I just said I don't know that, and I'm learning about it. Well, and there's a difference between being arrogant mm-hmm. and being confident, mm-hmm. right? And saying something true about ourselves in the safety of our support system, maybe not broadcasting it from the rooftops. I'm whatever. Um, there's a, there's confidence in that there's strength in that. And then once you're standing in your truth and then you're voicing it with safe support system, it becomes more true. Your, your Oak tree is starting to have green leaves on the branches, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. The only time <laughs> I have learned <laughs> that, Saying something negative before the conversation starts is when you're giving bad news. Ooh, interesting. When you say, um, uh, I come off really rude sometimes, and then you say it. Wow, it's, you're, that's you're a good point. You're self-defending. Or like, I don't mean it. I don't mean how this is going to sound, but and it's like, oh, no, you do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you say the word but, it negates everything you said before. Right. Totally, yeah. That's a good point, Romero. Last week, we talked about um, how many people do we need in our support system. And I was sharing about how I built my firm um, during the middle of a COVID pandemic when other lawyers were closing their doors. The key in the building part was making agreements Mm. with another believer. Mm. So if we both believe in a cause and we agree about something and say it, do we agree that this will happen this month. Let's agree that whatever it is will happen. We both agree, and then we don't think about it again. And with, I guess the word would be faith, with faith, Mm -hmm. with belief, manifesting it, speaking Mm -hmm. it out, and then we let go of the outcome. Now, sometimes these agreements don't always come to fruition. Maybe it would not have been good for us. Therefore, what we agreed about doesn't occur. But I literally built the firm on making agreements that this will happen in a positive way. And it did across the board. For those of us that might not believe in faith Mm -hmm. or superpowers, Mm -hmm. change it to accountability. That's right. 
accountability. And when you, it's demonstrated in research that when a person sets a goal and actually writes down a specific, measurable, and attainable goal, usually goals should be specific, measurable, and attainable, and they're written down, then they're more achievable and more, and the person's more likely to achieve that goal or get that wish or make that dream come true because of your point, accountability. Um, if it's written down, then more likely they are to go after it and achieve it and believe it, right? But also what's really key, and I've seen this to work for many, it's not just writing it down and then putting it on a door and forgetting about mm -hmm. it. It's what you come back to every day, right? What you look at. You know, you might not be able to have your business mm -hmm. overnight, obviously. It's right. going to be a course of a year, two years, six months, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But you knew where you needed to get. Mm -hmm. You knew what you wanted to achieve. Mm -hmm. And every single day, you put one more little seed for that. Mm -hmm. One more little seed. One more little seed mm -hmm. until they are, all start growing yes. to where you wanted to be. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have a victory in certain area, right? So um, on my phone, in my wallpaper, it's a picture of the victory. And every time my screensaver goes up or down or however you call it, I see that photograph and it's a reminder that that's part of what I'm going to achieve in the future. It's a daily reminder. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it works because it's a visual mm -hmm. cue right. to keep you in track. Exactly. Well, that's that's a, that's the whole thing, right? So, so many times people give up or throw in the towel or throw these curses on themselves because mm -hmm. they, they, you know, you go, all right, universe, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. But then there, that doesn't mean, sure, I'm sure there's instances where it does just kind of fall in the lap, but you got to do the work. Yes. You were well, talking about setting goals and it's, you know, it's, it's setting that. It's setting the macro goal and the micro goals leading mm -hmm. up to it. Let's talk about giving up too soon versus trying your hardest. So I'm a firm believer that when I put something out into the universe or I make an agreement that something should happen, I can't just like rest on my laurels and, oh, well, I already agreed it's going to happen. I have to do the work, right? And um, I tell my team, you have to fight for your life. Like you're a drowning person gasping for air. And that's kind of how we live in the firm. Um, we fight really hard to get a job done and we don't let go until we finish each task um, in order to achieve our goals. And if for some reason there are obstacles along the way, like one time um, our electronic filing system was down, the text, excuse me, the font wasn't transferring to readable texts. And then we tried to print it in, on this printer in order to be able to achieve our goal. And all three ways that we tried to overcome this obstacle were completely um, blocked, right? And my team member looked at me and said, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And we knew it wasn't, but we had tried our absolute hardest. We had tried everything we could. We were up against a clock. It was about to be the, the end of the um, closing of the business day. So we weren't going to be able to achieve what we wanted. And I said, well, obviously it wasn't supposed to happen for us. So I want to transition really quick. And, and as, as we're going to be closing the, the episode pretty soon, but before we started, you asked your entire team today, mm -hmm. if they felt like they were special to which you got <laughs> a bunch of different, um, responses, right? Mine specifically, I said, well, special usually has a negative connotation, right? Right. Some others said, well, I'm unique. Some others people said, well, uh, yeah, I'm pretty cool. I'm awesome. I'm special, right? So we got a, a variety of responses. Yes. Here's where my thought went when you said that. Okay. Um, usually, if we, if we come from an educational system, right, which is the entire U.S. is based on an educational system, mm -hmm. anyone that goes to an art and design school is special, 
Okay. Right? Because you're not going to the, the oh, standard, okay. like, uh, law, medical, like, right. very strict, very rigid. Here's what you do, right? right? So, what we're saying is anything that is out of the conform structure is special. But yet, special is what drives the entire world forward. That's because whole... you have your entire, your unique perspective. Right. Your unique vision, and you're not just falling into patterns that previous people have set. Exactly. That's what we were talking about. With the crabs in the bucket, the tall poppy syndrome, all of it, mm-hmm. right? Being the square peg in the round hole, being the crazy ones that Steve Jobs talked about, that these are the people that make the changes, that change the world, that aren't necessarily the the norm. Right. So can I share with you about the tall poppy syndrome? Because right. that's like, okay. So apparently there are a lot of other, and I'm, I'm on the internet, but... This is a syndrome that is a cultural phenomenon where people hold back, criticize, or sabotage those who have or believed or are believed to have notable success in one area of their lives or another. And so um, it's called cutting down the tall poppy, P-O-P-P-Y, which is a plant. Uh, And apparently this is in Australia and New Zealand. Um, in in Japan, a similar common expression is the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. Uh, in Chile, this expression is known as pull the jacket. In Scandinavia, this expression is known as the law of janty. And the law of janty comes with, quote, rules such as you're not to think you're anything special. So when I was Googling that while we were, the team was getting ready today, that's why I asked the question, do you think you're special? Well, but it's interesting that all these, even around the world, like you just said, mm-hmm. it's frowned upon. To think you're special. To think, well, not not that special because like we said, everyone has a different or version unique, of special. unique. To feel like you are unique and empowered enough to believe your truth. Exactly. Because in society as a whole, in the world as a whole, mm-hmm. when you are yourself and unique, and you stand out, you get hammered back down into place. People do. Don't say you do, because then that puts a curse on me. Oh, well, no. You as a... <laughs> you, in, the, in, the, in the dictionary, in the English dictionary, uh-huh. you can be a singular or a plural. Exactly. So what's exciting in this podcast is that we can explore that there are no limits, that our language matters, that our thoughts matter, and that it doesn't really affect us. If we can allow what the community tells us about ourselves and only adopt the labels that we choose to adopt. And if we can really be mindful of what our voices inside of our head and coming out of our mouths say, we can create our own world. Right. With the the, um, community around you. Exactly. And by creating our own world, we can impact the world in which we live. So as a final thought to our listeners... What would you say would be good homework for each one of us from a psychological perspective to put into practice for a one-year goal? How about 30 days? Well, I think, sure, 30 days. Mm -hmm. Listen. Listen to what's going on between our ears, which is our committee, that self-talk, and listen to what comes out of our mouths. Okay, so this I, I put this into practice this past week. Can I share an example of what happened when the community attacked me? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there was a, obviously I'm an attorney and so in law litigators fight with one another and there was a, an attack on me as a person, right? Um, it was pretty much a knockdown 
you know, when you're in the boxing ring and you're fighting, sometimes you get a knockout punch. I mean, it just happens. I mean, I choose a career where as a litigator, I get hit. It happened to you. It happened to me for me. So here's why it was for me. (laughs) It did knock me out. Okay. Legit. Like I was down for the count the next morning. I was a little unstable. I had to cry a little bit. I had to wonder whether or not what had been said was true the whole bit. And I immediately used the tools that I'm sharing with you today, which is identified the thought that the allegations had created in my mind, the self-doubt that the allegations had created. And I determined whether or not they were true. And I immediately learned by running it through the truth that no, the accusations and the allegations were false and that I could stand back up again. Um, It took a a, a bit. I mean, we're human beings. When our community or an outside community, not our community, but an outside community hurls accusations or negativity, there is an impact because we're human. We can minimize that by having a container, and I can share all this in another um, episode um, about how to protect against that, Um, but just to be able to identify what the lie is and to replace it with the truth enables us to get back up again. And so really quick, going back to, so how do you set a a goal, an achievable thing within 30 days? So let's say if we in 30 days identify any thoughts that we have that are negative about ourselves, also identifying positive thoughts, we can write them down, right? And take a piece of paper on either side. Here are the truth thoughts about myself. There can be positive. Anything that we consider negative, maybe someone else thinks it's a positive quality, but we write them down and then determine whether or not we're going to stand in those truths. This one I'm going to believe, this one I'm not going to believe with a support system, with someone that we care about, are these things true? And making a decision to stand firm in that. So that would be the first homework assignment. And then secondly, um, besides what we think about ourselves, what do we say about ourselves? And that's a real tangible thing for the next even 24 hours. What's coming out of my mouth? Catching myself saying something, and I would write it down because these are old patterns of beliefs that we need to learn how to reject and replace with new patterns of beliefs. So I think like you said, and like we've discussed, and we all know, it's easier to say something negative than something positive because we've been preconditioned to believe that negative is just easy to get, you know, it's easy to come through. Mm. You know, you say something negative and it's so easy to to just dive into. Yeah, It's harder to say something positive, Mm. right? Which we can talk about more later on. Yeah, I agree with that. That is a true statement. So I would encourage you to, over the next 24 hours week, month, really listen to what your thoughts are. Identify them. And I want to hear about it. I want you to share with us what you have discovered about yourselves in order to change those thoughts and make them positive about yourself. Thank you so much. We're so glad you joined us. Look forward to seeing you next week.